Welcome to The Art of Hunting, a podcast that explores the world of wildlife art through the eyes of one of the industry's most talented creators, Ryan Kirby. So whether you're a fellow artist, designer, hunter, or simply someone who appreciates the beauty of the natural world, join us on The Art of Hunting with Ryan Kirby and discover the passion and dedication that drives him. Well, fellas, I appreciate it. Um, so, it, and it's it's Tyler Jones and is it Luke Bowles? Is yep. that how you pronounce that? Correct. Sweet, fellas. Um, well, we really want to talk. I, I know absolutely, I know very little about shed dogs. And I know you guys know a lot. And I just really want to talk and, uh, you know, get, uh, learn about shed dogs and, and, and find out more about them and, and talk about them and the ins and outs and all that kind of stuff. So, um, I guess first, just tell everybody who you are and where you're from and all that good stuff. You go first. Sure. Uh, I'm Tyler Jones. Uh, I live in Norwood, Missouri. Uh, work with a family business, LNR Industries. Uh, we're pretty blessed to, to have that. Uh, we've it's grown so much over the years. My son, my grandpa started in the late seventies and as a welding shop, and uh, it's turned cool. into. We got 200 employees now, and uh, we we have a tube division where we make square and round tubing. We have, uh, you know, electrical division, uh, fabrication division, a millwright division, cranes, and you know, help service feed mills and uh, pellet mills and charcoal plants. And it's it's a pretty cool deal, really. And uh, I don't know, it's uh, it's hard to explain all at once because we're pretty diverse, you know, different things, but a lot of fun, a lot of fun, and uh, it just good place to live and, and work. Yeah, man. Where, how, so what, what all do you guys manufacture? Are you producing like the raw materials? Or are you, are you actually kicking out the cranes? They're leaving. Ah, we're, our cranes are, we're, we're just using to service these mills and stuff like that. They'll like, they'll, we'll, oh, okay. you know, rent them out. You know, somebody, we, we got crane operators, they'll go out and they may set like an AC unit on a hospital or something, you know, or something like that for, you gotcha. know, mm-hmm. but dang dude. Well, that's cool. Don't don't hesitate to plug it, man. My mom and dad and like three other people listen to the podcast, so hey, hey. we get an audience of like four people. That is awesome. <laughs> hey, we're, I was all we're super nervous. I was like, okay, we're just talking about dogs, and we're probably going to make him late for supper because we can we can talk about this for days. <laughs> but that's cool. So, Luke, so Luke, you're the brains behind the operation, huh? The the duo between you two. Fake it till you make it. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I yeah, I'm I mean I'm Luke Bowles. I'm here in central part of Missouri, a little town called Fortuna. Uh, you could drive through it and not know you went through it type deal. And um, yep. so I've been training dogs for about six years, uh doing it full time for three years. Um before I trained dogs, I was a truck driver. And uh, just kind of wanted to get into, well, I love shed hunting. I wanted to get into, mm-hmm. you know, getting a shed dog and, you know, things like that. Decided to buy a dog. The dog rode around in the truck with me and I'd get out at truck stops and throw an antler around, you know, didn't know what I was doing, watching YouTube videos and everything. And, you know, I made a Facebook page called Richland Creek Antler Dogs just to post videos of my dogs on there and and uh i get i started getting pretty hooked into it just constantly 
watch i mean my wife was getting irritated with me so much just i mean i was just obsessed with the shed dog deal and uh i went and bought another dog <laughs> i'm like i'm gonna buy another one train it and uh i you know long story short i sold my semi so i could mess with dogs more and uh got a part-time job here local so i was home every night and i started getting people asking me you know hey do you train dogs Oh, well, I'm like, no, not really, you know. Well, then I, the wheels started turning in my head. I could start doing this. So I started taking on a few client dogs, got a kennel set up, and, you know, uh, ended up quitting my job. My wife, she's like, are you crazy? Can you do this full time? I'm like, man, I got people, I'm booked yeah. out for months and months, you know. I went full time with it and I've been doing it full time for three years. Um, you know, and now we're in it deep. So it's, it's a blast and you know, yep. Full time dog training. And you're busy. It's like, it's like your, your kennel is full. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I mean, last fall, you know, like all social media and everything gets, gets dogs in from way far out. You know, if I was trying to stay busy with Fortuna, Missouri and these surrounding little towns, I, I couldn't do it. But, you know, yeah. I had a, somebody bring me a dog from New Jersey last year. They drove 22 hours to bring me a dog. And, you know, most of my client dogs are out-of-state dogs. So, wow, it's cool. Are, are you breeding them too? I do. I mean, I have, my, just train? I have my top dogs that, you know, I would consider breeding material. They're best of the best, you know, what I got. And, um, you know, I'll get a, a couple litters a year, but I'm not known for a big breeding program. But I'll have a couple litters, and that's how I got tied in with this dude. I mean, he yeah. he bought a pup from me, and and uh, I trained it for him. We turned in the good buddies out of the deal. So, uh, unfortunately for you, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So, um, how how did you get? How did you guys develop? Like the why, why sheds? Like I'm assuming, do you guys duck hunt at all, or are you just diehard deer hunters, or what? diehard deer for me uh i duck hunted one yeah. time last year for the first time it's a blast it, it really is but that's yeah. a whole nother hobby and if oh boy if uh you don't yeah. that it's all you know and uh, it's fun <laughs> but no for me i've been shed hunting for be about 20 years this year and uh when i first graduated yeah. high school i moved out and we we're doing like a birthday dinner or something at my mom's and uh i come home and uh I was watching the outdoor channel and there's a little clip at the end of this episode. I don't even remember what show it was. And this guy was picking up deer antlers and I'm sitting and all of a sudden I was just like, I like deer. I like antlers. That looks like fun. And I looked at my stepdad and said, let's go look for antlers. He's like, right now. I'm like, yeah, it's February. That guy said it was February. Let's go walk around. He's like, what do you mean? I'm like, I don't know. Let's go walk a field. And we literally went down to a place down a river and my grandparents farm and picked up three antlers. And I was just, after that, I'm like, this is so cool. They're, they're, they're free. Yeah. You, you get antlers. <laughs> <laughs> the first year I found like seven and I, I had no idea what I was doing. I was just walking around. And then the next year I'd find yeah. 15 and then 20, then 30. And now I'm picking up over a hundred antlers a year, you know, and it's like, it's just wow. evolved, you know, you learn places to go and what, what to do, what not to do, but it's, it's so fun and how, I don't know what, there's just something that little high you get when you see one, you know, it's like seeing a big buck, you know, it's like, Oh, there's one. Yeah. And, and, uh, you get to go pick it up or, or now with the dogs, 
you get to cast your dog toward it or something and watch him work and you know kind of like I don't know if you can really relate it to bird hunting. You get to watch your dog work, you know, so you're out there, you yeah. got your dog doing its thing and, and they wind them, you know, they have a scent to them. You see that dog get birdie, you know, it's like, and it's like, Oh, well, the, the shed dogs work a lot like an upland dog, you know, they'll okay. get out. Labs aren't known for quartering, but some dogs will get out and quarter and work the wind. And that's, you, you try to set yourself up for success with your dog. So you want the wind in your face when you're, shed hunting and just set the dog up for success um you know i have a lot of clients that'll be like oh my dog just ran right by an antler and didn't even smell it it's like well was the was there a scent line was the wind blowing towards the dog you know they're not going 100 percent off their eyes they're right they're working the wind so yeah a lot of factors involved with it but they work like a like kind of like an upland dog in mm-hmm. my opinion yeah is it, it's mainly labs, right? I've only ever seen labs do it, but is it mainly labs? No, and I just started doing the the competition side of this this last year, and what few competitions we went to, it's like there's labs, cocker spaniels. Uh, what's uh, is it a, no. somebody had a giant schnauzer at the last event? Yeah, and I was like, what? And yeah, the dog did it. You know, I was like, that is awesome. You know, there's other dogs out there. You know. Uh, I don't know the whole ins and outs I mean, of a lab is going to be your number one dog right. for it because they're, that's what they're bred to do is to retrieve. So, yeah. you yeah. know, that's the main qualification I look for when I go to train a dog is how much desire does it have to retrieve? Because everybody goes, Oh, I got a, I got a hound dog here that he's got a really good nose. I bet he could find antlers. Well, I bet he could find antlers, but is mm-hmm. he going to pick them up and bring them to you? And so that's what yeah. labs are bred to do is pick things up and bring them to you. Yeah. So. And a, and a struggle you've dealt with, that you've told me and I've learned it's an antler is kind of boring to a dog. It's cold. It's okay. You know, it's, it's a, it's a bone. It's a bone. You know <laughs> I mean? Yeah. Are they going to yeah. pick it up? Yeah. But you know, to a dog, like a bird, to so the bird side, it's hard to take a, a bird dog and turn it into an antler dog because it's like, why would I give up these birds to go pick up that? bone on the ground you know but uh yeah the flip yeah. side of it if you got a good shed dog it can you know it, it's they can, can interchange they can interchange a little jobs. bit yeah 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 so what's the most important like when you're looking for like when, when you're going to the looking at any kind of dog and you're like that dog would make a good shed dog like what what are the qualities and and personality traits you're looking for in a shed dog i i own 371 acres and uh okay. i shed hunt on thousands of acres i go i okay. yeah, i got a lot of permission to hunt places in uh, southeast kansas and some farmers yeah very very gracious you know let me shut down on these ground and and it's several thousand acres out there but you you kind of get this false i don't know you go out there and it's like there's food everywhere for deer you know so it's not all like yeah. great shed hunting you know and uh but yeah they don't want to run them over in their tires and they're like, yeah, please go get them. And, uh, but I'm been learning the last few years out there a lot. And, uh, and yeah, to have all that ground and cover and it's a very small percentage of it is what I would call good shed hunting, but, uh, still learning yeah. it. But, uh, but yeah, as far as like getting a dog, as I was saying earlier, you know, finding that, you know, when that guy, when Jason McPherson talked me into, going to one of these shed dog events, that's when it like flipped the switch. I was like, Oh, I've got to get a mm-hmm. dog. I've got a, and I was already kind of talking with Luke and had a dog kind of coming up and he's like, Oh, what do you want to do with it? I said, I, 
wanted to find antlers. And he said, well, all right. And he goes, you want to do the competition side? Not really. That's what I told him. And nah, that didn't last very long. <laughs> he, he, he got me into that. So, uh, but no, it, it's, you know, to be able to go with a dog is so, I don't know. It's so rewarding, you know, to get to watch them work. And like I said, my wife, it's something my wife and I get to do together and some friends and, and even drug yeah. Luke out on a few of these deals. Didn't work out so well for us. We didn't find much, but, uh, you know, and it's, it's just day by day. I mean, you could go shed hunting and I don't, it's just like anything else you do. It's like deer hunting or whatever. You may go, you may hunt 15 sets deer hunting and not kill a buck or, or, or anything or, and not yeah. see much. And it's shed hunting the same way. Uh, go out, walk, 20 some miles in a day and not find anything you're pretty beat mm-hmm. <laughs> like that was yeah. <laughs> and then the next day you turn and find 15 yeah and, and i don't yeah i mean there's this just it's a rewarding deal when it works but yeah how, how do the so I, i've seen some of the like field trials for waterfowl and I actually worked i was a bird boy for a bunch of pheasant trials growing up uh, like planted birds and stuff, but how, so I'm familiar with those, but how does a pheasant trial work? Do they plant sheds? How how does all that happen? And what are they judged on? They're judged on, yes. So you have a 50 by 100 yard course and imagine it into six okay. blocks. So a 25 by 33 yard, you know, block essentially. And they're, they're numbered one through six. And in mm-hmm. the, they have a working course and a, and a champion course, what they call it. The working course, well, both of them have five antlers planted on them. And uh, the so the champion side of it is there's five antlers, and you're going to have a blank, but you don't know your blank. It's on the back. They draw for that stuff. So you get out there. You know there's five antlers planted, and it's timed. You're sitting at a start gate. They say, are you ready? You know, clock's on zeros. You turn your dog out, and it's, it's a time deal. And... <laughs> <laughs> the fun part about it is everything goes out the window for me. I get all excited and all of a sudden you'd think 50 by 100 yards. I can find these in a minute. And uh, <laughs> you're trying to hurry your dog and it's all about handling and about working your dog and you're, you're a team, you know? And uh, yeah, once the judge, you know, I don't know, I don't know the pheasant side of stuff, but like say your judge is following you. And when that dog finds the antler and they say find on the champion side, you can't take a step. you got to stop. The dog has to bring it all the way back to hand. They say retrieve, and you may continue on to the next one. And it's it's a blast. <laughs> but yeah. it's it's a mind game. You know, you got a blank, you know. And <clears throat> let, me, let me tell you this. You have 15 minutes to complete yes. the course. These dogs okay. in the champion class are so high-powered, they're running, you know, two minute times, mm-hmm. low twos, three minutes. I mean, yep. you have to, t- in order to do well, to get on a, like a podium finish, mm-hmm. you have to take the right steps. The dog has to take the right steps yep. in order to win. Um, mm-hmm. but you know, at the, at the end of the day, what you want is a pass. I mean, it's all on a point system in the champion class. So you get on the top numbers of dogs, mm-hmm. you get awarded more points, which earns you titles. And, but if you pass the course within 15 minutes, you still get a pass. So, yep. mm-hmm. I mean, that's what you are, want. Are these actual sheds or are they dummies or how does that work? They're sheds mm-hmm. and, and they put antler scent on them, which the UKC okay. uses bone clone antler scent. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, they, every three dogs, they're supposed to scent the antlers. They put it on the pedicle, up the main beam, up the tines, and they do that every three dogs. So the, the scent's always fresh. Mm-hmm. 
Yep. Okay. And do they, because you were saying the smell earlier is a big part of it. Um, do they, I mean, do they have to wear like gloves and all that kind of stuff to, to put them out or no? No, uh, no. no, they don't. It's, I don't know. They're really, and those dogs know, like, say, say, like I said, you had a blank and it rotates. So the next yeah. person up, say I run a dog and my blank would be, say blank five. And, uh, there wasn't an antler there, but my dog may run through there and hit on it, you know, it, but it doesn't take, it goes on. They know yeah. if it's there, it, it's kind of weird how they can tell, but the next person that comes in that that's not their blank. There's a shed planted and they'll play them in the exact same spot through the first round. And that's called plant okay. one. And there may be a plant too gotcha. for people to have more than one dog. You know, you can run what three dogs per class on a lot of competitions. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And so they have a first plant, a second plant, and a third plant, and they'll move them, you know, according to that. But trying to be fair, <laughs> you know, they're putting them all in the same place every time. And uh, yeah, it's yeah, until you see it, it's like they it's, could, it's very <laughs> confusing trying to explain somebody, as you can see. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot, to it, but it's yeah. not that complicated. It's not. And it, when someone's telling yeah. me that, I'm like, what are you talking about? And <laughs> you go do it, and it's like, yeah. I got you. But <laughs> when I short, was a bird boy, go ahead. Uh, I was going to say, long story short, your dog has to find five antlers in 15 minutes. Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's achievable. What, yeah. What, when I was a bird boy, um, I had, I think my field was a three acre field. And you're on the back of a four wheeler and you had five, I think I had six pheasants in, in that field. But um, you have six pheasants in there, and they're in a they're just in a little cage on the back of the four wheeler, and they had a mowed path through the the field, mm-hmm. and I had kind of relatively like you need to plant one over within this ten yards here, and they tell me where to plant them, and what you do you'd reach in and you'd pull them out of the deal, and then you'd spin their head around and tuck it underneath, and then kick a hole and plant them like a football, like shove them down there, but it was always. Uh, you know, I was a high school kid and, and, you know, you're just kind of an idiot at that age. But like, if you didn't spin them enough and get them dizzy enough, they'd get up and run on you. And if you spin them too much, they didn't know where they're at. And the hunter would have to like almost kick them to get them to flush, you know? And so, and then, so I would run my route with the four wheeler and you're trying to do this in a, in a timely manner so that the pheasants don't get up and run out of the field on you. Um, and then you'd get back and the hunter would be behind two sheets of, of plywood and he'd get out with his dogs and go run it. And it was time. So they had to, they had to find them, point them, flush them. And then the hunter had to shoot them and you got points for all that. And then they had to retrieve it. So if the hunter missed, they lost points because they didn't get to retrieve. So the hunter had a little bit of a play in there too. But I just remember as a bird boy, like if they, if they did really well, you were a great bird boy. And if, if they didn't do very well, you <laughs> suck, man. You planted those things wrong. They were running, yep. you know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But, uh, obviously you don't have a problem with antlers running, but I understand, I get the concept. I can picture what you can picture it, what you're it, doing. Yeah. And I started help planning, uh, at a couple of events and, uh, decided I want to get my judge's license so I could help judge at events and stuff. Cause you're always trying to juggle people around and stuff. And, uh, and being able to do that taught me a lot, you know, like, how, oh, to, yeah. how to plant these antlers, how, you know, what you were doing, you know, how to plant, why you're yeah. doing it this way, why, you know, uh, and trying to be consistent and fair to everyone. And, uh, and it just, I don't know the whole, the whole thing, it's, it, it's a competition, but it's like this, 
I don't know. Everybody's friends. Everybody, everybody's wanting to help each yeah. other. Everybody's it's at the end of the day, you want a shed dog. And as long as my dog goes out and, and performs and does what I want it to do when I want it to, it, that's a success. You know, I mean, yeah. uh, last weekend we were at an event, uh, river city shed dogs near St. Louis and Saturday, my dog, I mean, I kind of felt like I did everything. I had to like corner to every, every antler. What wasn't, she wasn't on her game and she ran a good time, but I was like, a little disappointed in her, but man, on Sunday she came out and was just a, a different animal, you know, and we actually placed lower that day, but I was happier with our run because yeah. she was doing what I wanted. I was like, man, that's awesome. You know, I felt good watching her run. And, uh, that's, that's more what it's about for me. You know, I'm just having fun getting to talk to everybody and uh, hang out. Yeah. So Luke, how long does it take? Uh, w- when do you start, uh, training? Do you start them as pups or do you, you tip, like mean, to take them a couple months old or what? Well, my own pups, they're getting an antler in their mouth at eight weeks old. And when I, when I, when they're yeah. away from mom and kind of on their own, I'm getting them on a little spike antler, something easy for them to pack around. And I start the antler drive. I start getting them excited, teaching them that that's their favorite toy. Um, you know, and then come about four to six months, then pups start teething. You know, and then I got to pump the brakes on the on the antlers and let them go through their stages of life. But, you know, my client dogs that I take in, the earliest I take them in is five months old because I can get them in here. I can start all their obedience and then they're almost done teething and I can get them get them started. But, yeah, my own dogs, they're they're getting antlers in their mouth at eight weeks old. Yeah. How long do you usually keep them before you send them off, send them back to the client? It just depends. I mean, every dog's different. So um, if they kind of have somewhat of an understanding of their obedience, because dog training all starts with a, a solid foundation of obedience. I mean, you got to have the dog. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, if they kind of know sit and stay and things like that, and I can sharpen them up and the process goes a little quicker. Um if they like to retrieve real amped up over retrieving, then that makes it go a little quicker yet. Uh, a lot of uh, number one problem I run into with training these dogs is uh, correcting the retrieve. You know, they, they want to get the antler and play keep away or drop it halfway back or, you know, just mm-hmm. want to mess around. So I have to teach them that, I need that antler in my hand. Like you will hold on to it until it gets to me. So I have to train the retrieve, even though they, they want to do it. I have to train the correct retrieve and that takes some time, but generally two to three months, you know, if from scratch, if I'm starting from scratch, you're looking at three months. If the dog knows some stuff, you're looking yeah. probably around two. It's good yeah. for them to come back to like, they build a bond with you, right? you know, and they know, they know him as, this is the guy, you know, then your dog comes back to you and you got to build that bond and start working with them a little bit. And it's good for them to come back after a few months to kind of finish it, you know, if you want, you know. So you typically like Tyler, when you get yours back, you, you will keep the same training that that Luke has done for a while. Yeah. And he, and he's, he's pretty good to uh, send stuff out. Like when I bought my pup from him, he was sending uh, all of us that bought a pup, like a weekly YouTube video. Here's what I'm doing today. Cause he kept back two pups himself. Oh, cool. So it was yeah, awesome. So we're sitting here real time, you know, all right, today we got a video. Yeah. What's he doing with these puppies? And we were kind of mimicking with him and basically training him on our own. That way, when they come to him, they don't have to be here for the full, that, 
Three that months. was my point was anybody who bought a pup off me, I was sending these weekly videos of my pups, where they're at, where you should be at. You know, if you're falling behind, then you need to start working your dog a little more. Um, and so, yeah, by the time they would get to me at five, six months old, they were where I wanted them to be. You know, I, I didn't have yeah. to start from scratch. They're mm-hmm. already one step up and, and my clients aren't paying as much money for training. So, yep. And then yeah. when we bring and then yeah. when they got, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, like, basically back to your question. Yes. Once, once they've been here for the eight weeks, come pick the dog up. He's like, Hey, let's take it for a run. And we'll plan a little course. And he goes over everything he's been doing with the dog. And it's like, you know, people think you got to spend hours a day with this dog. You don't, it, it, you know, 15, yeah. 20 minutes a day. You can just, it's repetition, you know, and once you kind of yeah. get in rhythm with your dog, if you just run them a little bit every other day or just a few well, times. The, the main thing is, and the dog knows it, you're, mm-hmm. you're wanting to keep them in shape and keep them yeah. excited yeah. about doing it. And cause the last thing you want coming into shed season is a fat, lazy dog. I don't <laughs> want to get out and work. So you want to keep them yeah. in shape. <laughs> yep. Yeah. How is, uh, so I know a little bit about like the water dog training and all that kind of stuff. Like that's the last experience I had with training the dog, but is it, can, can these dogs switch over and like duck hunt or when you get a shed dog, is it pretty much you're a shed dog? Forever? So I like to start like, all of my dogs are gun dogs too, which I don't duck mm-hmm. hunt anything, but at the end of the summer, my dogs are bored. I mean, we can't run antlers, antler courses and stuff like that in the middle of the summer. It's too hot. They don't want to get out and work like that. And so I do yeah. a lot of water work over the summer and, and do some gun dog stuff. And, and then come early fall, I'll go out and dove hunt. I'll go shoot some doves over my dogs. And that's oh, yeah. about all I do. But, um, and they eat it up, but I'll start my shed dogs as solely shed dogs. It's so easy to turn them on to birds later on. Now, in my opinion, yeah. everybody has their own different ideas, but um, in my opinion, you start them on birds and try to transition them to antlers later. That's where you kind of have the fact that eh, antlers aren't that exciting. It's not a warm feathered <laughs> bird and I don't mm-hmm. want to do it that much. So. I get them super excited about antlers first and later on I can always turn them on to birds. So, yeah, the, it, I think it's, um, it's fascinating to me that like a lot of this shed dog stuff, I feel like it's just come on in the past four or five years. It seems like, it's like what, what do you yeah. guys think the reason that it's exploded? You know, at shed hunting, you know, I feel like, has just get, become more popular sport in mm-hmm. general over the past few yeah. years. People are yeah. learning about it, seeing, you know, yep. something to do in the spring. And they've been sitting in the house all winter. And after deer season, you kind of have that lull between turkey season and, and, you know, it's something to get out and do. And then, yeah. you know, that you throw the whole shed dog thing into it. And this sport has just exploded. I mean, oh. competing with your dogs, like I kind of got into it a little earlier on, but, um, the gun dog tests and all that stuff that's been around for years, yeah. you know, I mean, back, I don't even know when they first started this either. crap, like back yeah. in the thirties or something, you know, I don't know. They were running gun dogs back then. And like the UKC elite shed dog series has been around. I think they're on like the ninth or 10th season of this or something, you know, it's, okay. it's really it's, green. Yeah. And it's, but the people, the number of people doing it is just in the last two years, 
from what I've known of it, there's double the people in it. Oh yeah. Or more. Yeah, no. Yeah, and uh, we yeah. had we had new people every event, there's more new people getting it. It's awesome. It's it's cool to see yeah. new people getting into it. But what what triggered that? I don't know that I, I don't I don't know that I know the answer. You know, it's fun. Yeah. So I don't know why they wouldn't want, <laughs> want to do it. But uh uh yeah. Because yeah. twenty years ago when I started shed hunting, no one did it around I didn't know what I was doing, you know. And yeah, I, I didn't have a clue what I was for the first three or four years. I'm asking people to like, I don't know. I seen some deer in that field. You might go, you might go look. Okay. And, and, but you know, and now everybody, it seems like you can't hardly, but everybody you talk to, they, they either go every now and again or know someone that goes or, or hunts their property or, or something like that. So and I'll see people run into people all the time. They'll see my, my shirt or my hat or something. And they're like, what's a shed dog? You know, there's still lots of people out there mm-hmm. that have no idea what a shed dog is. And I'm like, Oh, it's a dog that, Finds antlers yep. and brings them yep. to me, and they're like, "No way!" I'm like, "Yeah." <laughs> so what, uh, what? What's the biggest? Um, what's the biggest shed you guys have found with your dogs? With the dogs, I don't know that. Like, I've found with the dogs, I've not found my biggest or anything yet. But I picked one up just a couple days ago. It's probably the biggest one I found with my dog, and it's. I haven't yeah. scored it yet, but yeah. probably upper fifties, you know, something like that in shed, you know, yeah. 16 shed, you know, but, uh, yeah. but, uh, watching her pick it up, it was hard for her to carry it. <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah. That's all. <laughs> I, I got a story. This is kind of, cool. let's hear it. So let's hear it. I was, this was several years ago, got permission to hunt this little five acre patch of timber. I mean, little bitty, patch but it's surrounded by some crops i'm like there's deer standing in there quite a bit i was like there's probably some antlers in there you know i take one of my dogs in there after work this is when i wasn't even training full time i go in there and she's she runs off to the edge and she picks up this antler here sorry tyler oh you're good and i'm like wow <laughs> that is a a big six point <laughs> yeah and i mean the size of this thing is freaking huge it's hard to get a, and so yeah, I'm like, yeah. man that is that is a heavy deer um and so i'm like the, the other side's got to be around here somewhere so i'm hunting her through there she gets real birdie just starts nosing around all of a sudden a turkey flushes off its nest i'm like okay she was just screwing around on that turkey and she leans down pops this sucker <laughs> up right right Holy cow. i mean compared to my hand i mean this thing is yeah. and we scored it uh one night i think it was 147 inch seven point with like an actual yeah, 18 yeah, inch yeah. spread yeah, or something but for a seven point at 147 inches is massive yeah. i mean this thing is yeah yep it's cool it's huge it yeah that's a big eight pointer <laughs> oh yeah Oh, but yeah, the, the far as big sheds, it's like to look around here to what I call like Southern Missouri and you may see, I don't know what type of deer you have uh, and you know where you're at, but they're 130 inch deer here's decent deer, you know? So if you're picking up sheds off of a deer like that, that's pretty good, but that's why it's like, it's fun. I'll pick up all these forky horns and anything that are laying around. It's, it's a blast, but to go to Kansas, there's that chance of finding that, 80 inch shed, you know, or, you yeah. know, there's guys that are picking up some serious hammers <laughs> out there, you know, yeah. 100 inch shed or something, you know, you're like, oh my gosh. Uh, yeah. and that's, I always think it's dream. cool. 
sometimes you'll see a guy that's killed a giant and he's got like four years of sheds. Yes. like matching sets and it's yeah, it's really we, impressive we do that we do that at home and it's like yeah it's yeah. cool we have antlers off these deer year after year and a smaller scale <laughs> you know it may not be a yeah. giant giant but and it and it does teach you something yeah. though too you know you got this shed off of a deer and two years later someone kills it and you've got these and it and it literally grew 10 inches you know they don't yeah. all become you yeah. know, Bambi's dad. Yeah, no, they're they're yep. they're, they're just not, and uh, it's genetic, yep. and you know, a lot of people know that. But it's it's to, it's really taught me a lot about it, and they'll carry that characteristic. You know, I've seen ten points become eight points the next year, just a clean eight point. Why? I have no idea. Yeah, no. Then the yep. next year they'll get their G fours back. You know, and I'm like, here's his sheds. You know, this is what he did, and that's that's pretty neat. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of a lot of stuff to learn, and and. Every antler is different, yeah, and that's what makes it fun, I think. Yep. Have you guys ever found like the same deer shed and the same weed patch or that five acre piece? Like, have you oh, had yeah. stuff like that happen? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. They deer deer are pretty. They they will winter in the same areas a lot as long as nothing's changed. Yeah. Yeah. No. Uh, as long yeah. as no one's blew them out or done some dozing or logging or anything, they're they're pretty. If they survive, <laughs> that's the big yeah. thing, you know, but yeah. yeah, they'll, they'll do that. And they'll, I've found sheds. Well, the one I found the other day, I just happened to check a camera and see that he'd shed off. And I'm like, well, that's early, but I want to go find those sheds. That's a good deer. And, uh, I picked his antler up. I found one side to him the year before about a hundred yards from there. You know, I mean, wow. Just no. Yeah. And yeah, that, it's kind of fun, kind of neat when they, they home like that, you know, and then sometimes they move, yeah. you know, they, they, yeah. they'll change home range and move somewhere else. And uh, we've had deer leave for two years and we're like, Oh, he, he got killed, you know, then he shows back up. Yeah. And it's like, where yeah. have you been? Yeah. No, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you, you have that happen a little bit more out in Kansas than anything. Cause it's the, the patches of timber so far apart and, and stuff like that. Yeah. And, uh, my dad ended up killing a deer. It's been about five years ago. Now it grows scored 189. And this deer was on our farm for, it was the four, third or fourth year we'd seen him. He showed up for about a week every year. And that was it. We yeah. have no idea where he come from. Nothing. And my dad, he was like putting it all on black. He goes, I'm going to wait for this yep. year this year and I'm going to kill him. And he did it. <laughs> it was like, he yeah. comes this week every, and, and he ended up doing it. And we asked neighbor after neighbor, because we want to find the sheds, this thing. We're like, where's he coming from? And nobody, nobody, you know, knew this, do this, where this deer come from. And I'm like, how? <laughs> you would think someone had found one side to it at some point. And, uh, because there was a lot of people interested once. Once he harvested that deer, where he's like, everyone's like, "Wow, we need to let's let's figure out where his home range is." And uh, never did figure yeah. that out. It's crazy, man. Some of those I don't know if you guys listen to like the MSU Deer Lab, but um, they have some wild stories. There was one like the deer swam a river every year, and so he would like be in a different state across that. the river. Yeah, I watched that. Different. Yeah, there's some crazy stories, crazy man. stuff. Not just a river. It was the Missouri River, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, it was, a, it was a big river. And he was like, and they had some deer, I, I don't know, I don't remember the exact stats, but they'd move like 17 miles between their like yeah. summer yeah. and fall range and stuff. Yeah. And that's like, and, and, it's a different county in some Oh, absolutely. Some places. Uh, here, I had a friend of mine, we had a, a lease together for a few years, and his grandparents owned a farm in a town called Manus, which is another place you can drive through, not know you drove through it, but a farm out there. And he had a buck that he'd had for two years on camera. And uh, 
anyway, in the rut that same year, I mean, this is like I, said, I think it was right at five miles away. I had killed a deer. I was loaded up and I'm watching this deer in the bottom. I was like, it's a buck. And I was telling him about it. I was like, this is cool deer. He curved in real hard. I was like, I watched him make a scrape. This is kind of a nice buck, you know. And we check cameras. It's that buck. It five miles it moved, you know, and it stayed there for three years and like never went back. <laughs> I was like, That's nuts. What in the world? <laughs> That's the farthest I've ever got to witness one, you know, uh, yeah. move, you know, but he just rehomed. Yeah. And, uh, why I have no idea, but that, how that, many that, years consecutive have you guys found sheds? Like what's your record? Anything, any cool stories that way? I had one at the house that, uh, I found him dead last year. He made it. He was five and a half years old last year when he, when he, he died. And I don't know why, what happened to him. He was healthy the last I knew. And uh, it was kind of the story. I was going to tell you the deer that didn't grow. Uh, we actually yeah. found my dad. It was at my dad's house about a mile away. One year we were, I don't know what checking cameras or something. And I found this little match set to a first set of antler deer. And my dad goes, Oh, that's the one I was calling multi-brow. And it had like these bunch of little bumps, you know, instead of growing a brow time. And I thought, Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. And uh, the next year it shows back up and it, was a little bit bigger, not much, and but it did the exact same thing. And I thought, oh, that's cool. I ended up finding his antlers that year. And every year I found at least one side to him, you know, all the way up until, but when I found him dead, he only had one side. And I'm oh. going to pick up his antler popped off. And I thought, well, that's cool. <laughs> and I ended up finding the other side when I burned a patch of timber doing uh, management stuff later that year. Uh, about 150 yards away, I found the other side to him. But so yeah, I had antlers off him for you know, basically, you know, five years. His whole life. But, uh, that yeah. was that was it. But that deer never grew. I bet he never broke 110 inches. I mean, wow. Just never, you know. And that's what I people. I'm like, they don't always get bigger, <laughs> you know. But yeah, uh, but some of them do. Some of them will blow, put 30, 40 inches on a year, and uh, those are the ones. And I kept thinking all the time. We kind of left that deer alone. I'm like, ah, oh, that's all multi brow. We're not going to bother him. He may blow next year. No. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, he was a dead. Yeah. But it was kind I of cool that working working with Kip Adams this year on on our antler print, but there's uh antlers are kind of like a bell curve and they say that the true giant deer are really the outliers for the herd. Like they're really not you right. know, a lot of people think, oh well just let them pass, they'll all get to 170, 180, but like man a lot of them will only get to 130, 140. That's all they yeah, have. The if, yeah, if, yeah, yeah, definitely. Oh, I agree with that 100. Yeah. percent It's so genetic. So, and we've dealt with a, a drought the last two years in a row here, and I can tell a yep. huge difference in our antlers. I mean, a huge difference. Yep. And I never dreamed that in our area because there's creeks and ponds and there's water around, but it's it's not so much that the deer can't get water; they can go anywhere they want. It's the nutrients yeah. and the plants and everything. And uh, but yeah, I've seen a big difference in our our antler growth the last couple of years, and uh, you know the number of people shooting 160, 170 inch deer way down. You know, in our area, yeah. not that people do it that much where we're from, but uh, but they're yeah. around, but. Yeah. Well, Tyler, I was going to ask you too, when you were, when you were um, showing that big seven pointer, I was thinking in my head, do you train the dog to grab a certain part of the antler, like a certain part of the beam, or is it, you don't care. You just wanted to love antlers. <laughs> Funny you ask. Funny you ask. <laughs> <laughs> what do we got? Secrets, but, uh, uh, 
No, I'm just kidding. Um, so yeah, th- there's that's an, a good issue I I deal with every every day. Um, dogs wanting to pick it up by the tip of the tine or or by the by or, the pedicle, yeah. you know, and then they fumble it, and, and especially in the competition side, you want you grab that antler right where you're supposed to, and you're not going to do that. You speed our times up, which that's one one side of the thing, but you know, it's important to to train them where to grab it, and as I start them as young dogs um i'm picky with what antlers i train with i'm training with an antler that has a a long main beam in it and maybe a short brow where it's like boom that is the the sweet spot and they start learning it and if a dog struggles with it this is one thing i do i will take some some vet tape and i will wrap it around that main beam to to make it pop and uh they start seeing that and that's that feel that vet tape feels better than than the hard antler so they're they want to start grabbing yeah. it there i'll let them grab it there for hmm. a couple of weeks i'll peel that tape off and then it's like that's, it's a habit they want to grab it right there yep huh. do you get penalized at all if you grab it in other parts like in the field trials or just if you drop it or what no like it, if the dog's coming back on a retrieve and drops it you can say fetch it up you know they'll pick yep. it back up but you're ticking time you know yep. so you want them i got to get you. it right the first time and get it to you yep those yeah. are really fast yeah. dogs they just the, the ones that are always podium and stuff they just they won't fumble that antler they're they're, they're just they know the game yeah. Yeah, yeah no then you got dogs that are learning you know that's why they have a working side and all that stuff and they're they're just and my dog will do it and she knows what's going on she'll grab one by the base and be running with it and i'm like oh you're gonna drop that because she's running and it's yeah. flopping in her mouth yeah. <laughs> you're, like, yeah. you're gonna <laughs> drop that before you get here and, uh, but uh yeah, yeah. It's all about seconds and that thing. But far as a wild shed, I got you. I don't care where they pick it up, but you know, right. it's safer yeah. for them though to pick it up in between like that brown tine well, and G2. And, the, you and know. when they don't know where yeah. to grab it, especially with young dogs, they come flying into that antler. They, they bend down, they can poke themselves in the mouth on a tine and yeah. turn themselves completely off. Mm-hmm. I've had dogs poke their mouths and not want to pick up an antler. And so you're like, okay, we need to take a step back here, get, build your confidence back up yep. and, and get them to want to pick it up again. So you just kind of be careful with young dogs when you're training, use stuff that they can't, can't poke themselves on. It's easy yep. for them to handle, especially with puppies. Like, like I said, my eight week old puppies, I use a spike antler. I know they're not going to get hurt on that spike antler. And whenever they're yeah. getting comfortable picking it up, then I might bump up to a little forked horn and. And then when they get comfortable with that, then I just start gradually increasing size. Yep. Well, they're a lab is so soft mouthed, you know, that's why people, the bird dogs, yeah. are, you know, they're, they're not just chomping, breaking bones, you know, they're not, <laughs> yeah. you know, they're not, yeah. you know, they bite in, they, they, they can get hurt pretty easy. And, uh, mine as a puppy did that. I was doing yeah. training and he, you know, I was watching a little video and I was like, all right, I'm going to bump the antler size up. And I was doing you know, <laughs> a little aggressive. And I was like, oh, I got a little. Forking on, had a little brow tine on it. Perfect. And I, th- I was doing like hallway training with the dog in the house. I was like, okay, because she was trying to play keep away. And one of the little deals about that, you throw an antler down the hallway. And when they turn around and pick it up, they have nowhere to go but to you. You know, yep. and, and you grab it and throw it back. And about the third time of that, of course, you know, your puppy's amped up. You throw in the antler. That's their favorite toy. And she comes flying down the hallway and sliding to, you know, catches antler and slams it in the wall like a toddler would and uh because they don't know how to pump the brakes and 
you know, she poked herself and I heard her yelp and she wouldn't touch an antler for like three or four days. And finally, I, I didn't say nothing to him for a while. Finally, I texted him one day. I'm like, hey, I think I ruined my dog. Yeah. <laughs> but it slowly built her confidence and she's fine now. But, you yeah, know, but for a few days, I like I was trying to get her. And she's like, no, yeah. <laughs> not interested. Yeah. It's like that sign in the mechanics office. It's like, it's this price if you let me fix it, and it's this price if you try to fix it before you bring it back to me. Exactly. Tyler has one of those. Like, hey, you try to fix your dog before you brought it back, it's going to cost yeah. you double. Yeah. <laughs> you ever change oil on this thing? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's crazy. So what Tyler, what are some what are some really bad habits that you've seen people do that they need to break or they've inadvertently like trained into their dog and ask you for advice and you're like oh you should have done that like a a bad habit you know i don't know there's people i always point them toward him but because i don't want to tell them something wrong you know but you know people i don't know what was one we were talking about the other day you know by your number one i'll let you take it your number one bad habit people trying to yeah, so number one bad habit, I guess, at common mistakes on training. Um, for one, like for training purposes, a lot of things people do um, is free feeding a dog. You know, yeah. that is something because when I get a dog, I when I'm teaching things, I do a lot of things with food from the beginning. Um, and so people will set a bowl of dog food out for a dog all day. They can eat them <coughs> want. But when it comes to training, you try to train them with a treat, they don't they don't want to eat. They're full all right. the time. So yeah. you know, I like to have a dog that's food motivated. So putting them on a, on a food schedule from the beginning is always good. They always want to train. Um, yeah. You know, and then like common things like uh, retrieving issues, they, they can be prevented to a certain extent. A lot of people have, um, oh, I have this eight-week-old puppy. He loves to retrieve. I'm going to just keep throwing and throwing and throwing and throwing until – uh, the dog don't bring it back and it wants to lay down and chew on it. And then it wants to play keep away. And, and right. you know, you incur, you just encourage those bad behaviors. You know, if you get one or two retrieves out of an eight week old pup, tease them with it, put it away. You're in and on a good note. So people can kind yeah. of bring on bad behaviors, but it's something they don't know at the same time. Like a, a puppy yeah. is attention span of a grasshopper. They just can't, can't train like a big dog. So it's keeping right. things short Sweet and positive will set you up for success down the road. Yeah. Do you got do you use a whistle and hand signals and stuff? I mean, I guess you don't know where the antler is in real life, so you can't right. use hand signals, but do you oh, do you do I, stuff like that? Yeah, I do believe that hand signals in a shed dog is important. Uh, I love I love hand and, signals. Yeah. And the competition side of thing, you're not you're not supposed to direct your dog completely to an antler, but you can kind of okay. give them lefts and rights and stuff push them certain areas and i do i i will one of my dogs i can sit her on a whistle at 100 yards and cast her one way or the other and that comes into play a lot wild shed hunting because say i'm walking a wooded area over here and there's an awesome bedding area over here to the other side my dog's lollygagging over here in the wood wooded spot and i'm like hey i don't think there's something over there so i'll get her attention i'll say hey this way point to to the bedding area and she'll work where I want her to work. So that's where it really comes into play in the wild shed hunting side. You can just kind of push them around in certain areas that you think are good. Yeah. 
and you're hmm. and like we were talking last night, you know, about this too, you know, as you're walking, if you're walking down a field edge or whatever, you're, you know, roughly six foot tall or whatever, and you're seeing over things, that dog is not going to see what you're seeing. You know, they're, they're on a yeah. lot shorter playing field. So you're most of the time going to see it before they do, if it's in the wide open spot. And, uh, and that's where you can cast your dog. You're like, Hey, set them up for set, success. Yeah. Set them up for success. You know, and then that builds that confidence. And then yeah. when you do send them off in somewhere, they're, they're ready to rock, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, I don't know that they're going to find, like we're talking, it's not that you're going to find more antlers with a dog. It's just, you may spend less time in areas, you know, looking for it. Yeah. But, uh, well, the thing yeah. about dog, like one common question I get all the time from people is, you know, I, I don't have very good luck finding antlers and, you know, I know if I get a shed dog, um, we're going to find a lot, you know, and people think that like, oh yeah, you got to train dog to find antlers, but that's not the case. You need to be shed hunting in the areas where the deer are wintering, you know, where you know mm-hmm. the population is big and that's where you're going to see a dog really come into play. They're going to, they're going to find just as many, if not more than you. I mean, there's lots of times where I go out, I know it's a good area. That dog will outwork me, you know, 10 to one that day. And I'm just like, Oh, there's an antler. Oh, here comes my dog with one. And then oh, here comes my other dog with one. And, you know, it's like picking yeah. flowers. You know? <laughs> so you, you were, you were talking earlier about how important the, the smell is. How long can, um, I, you know, I'm assuming right off the deer, it's going to really smell like a shed. Like, oh, yeah. d- does that antler smell like an antler for months and years or are they smelling part of the deer? Like how, how long before it's, completely scentless and they have to see it visually so a dog smells in layers they say a dog can smell a drop of blood in a five gallon bucket and have a have another five gallon bucket sitting there that's just water you know both of them are water one has a a drop of blood in it the dog can distinguish which one has the blood in it to drop but they smell in in layers pretty much so you know they're going to smell the blood. They're going to smell the hair. They're going to smell that waxy ring. They're going to smell the bone, you know, even like training, they're smelling my scent. And so you'll have some people say, Oh, you need to use latex gloves when you're handling the antler. So they're not smelling your scent. Well, yeah, they're smelling my scent, but they're layering, layering it all out. They're smelling the other things Mm -hmm. too. So whenever you do come up to a wild shed that does not have my scent on it, they're still familiar with all the other scents that make, make up that so i mean if that answers your question but you know the the old antlers we find a lot of year old antlers two-year-old antlers when you're out walking in the woods they are harder to smell they're weathered you know yeah i have watched dogs hit on them you know if i set them up with the wind they're gonna recognize that smell of that bone and pick it up yeah as far as like a fresh scent though to me, as long as that wax ring is still on the base, I don't know if you know, like if you pick up a really fresh antler, yeah. like a little wax ring around that, as long as that's there, yeah. that's definitely, that's fleshy. That's, oh, that's, you know, that's, that's their, that's really probably the biggest that's thing. That's like the money spot. And yeah. dogs will like be licking it off and yeah. they're like, oh my God. And that's gosh. on there for several weeks, you know, after yeah. they've fallen a lot of times, just depending on, you know, you can always tell how the antler has been laying too, because if it's tines up, well, that side, the wax ring will be gone that half of it's like it's dried out yeah. or something. And, uh, but yeah, that that's definitely probably their, their money for mm-hmm. that right there. And, but like, like to his point, uh, Mella last year, my dog was 
a four month old puppy during shed season. So she's learning, you know, we're just, we're just putting her on stuff. Like the first year, like for him, him, for example, uh, you get this fresh trained dog and you get out with it. This is all new. They're, they're getting experience. So you're going to, of course, have to put them on a lot of antlers. I mean, like you're going to see them, you're going to set them up for success, give your hunt commands, get the dog to pick them up, you know, reward them, praise them. And then after, you know, two or three antlers are like, okay, I'm not smelling his scent on here. Yeah. You know, this is, this is kind of like training. They're familiar with it. And they're like, okay, oh, yeah. we know what we're doing. So they get out and then you're like, oh, dang, here comes my dog with one. They yeah. know what they're doing. And yep. it's just like the first year is experience. The second year, it's like a fire lights under them and they're like, let's go. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And that's like, like saying last year I was on a place and. I turned around, I was walking to the truck. I was almost to the truck and I look back and there's my puppy digging around in a multi-floor rose bush. I'm like, what are you doing? And I'm like, come on, leave it, leave it. You know? And she just keeps on. And I'm like, Oh, I should have brought the e-collar. <laughs> about that time she pulls out this antler. That's a year or two old, you know? And I'm like, Holy cow. Here's the greatest yeah. dog ever. <laughs> I was about to shock you, but you know, but yeah, no. And, uh, but there's no way she smelled that to right. me, you know, but like she yeah. usually seen it and she's just a puppy, but she still right. knew what to do, you know, right. and uh, corrected. I was humbled. I was, yeah. right. <laughs> that struck me to another story here. I like to tell this one because we have two little boys. I have a five year old or a six year old and a three year old, which this was a couple of years ago. Um, and we put the kids on our backpack carriers, you know, and take them with us. Mm-hmm. And so we were getting out of my pickup at a spot that I'd never been in before. And, uh, I was getting my backpack on, getting the boys loaded, putting their shoes on, snacks, everything like that. And I kicked out a couple dogs out of the box and, uh, I wasn't, hadn't even started yet. And I hear my wife, she goes, what the heck? You know, I'm like, what? And I turn around, here comes the dog running across the field with a big old freaking antler in her mouth. She's like, did you throw that out here for her just to get her amped up before we go in? I'm like, no, I did not. <laughs> I said, let's get in here. And we were in there for two hours, picked up 14 antlers. It was just boom, 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 yep. boom, boom. It was crazy. It's like, this That's is going to be awesome. a good day. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah. I saw on your Instagram too um, some deer that they've found. Are they once you get a, a dog, uh, you know, fetching antlers and stuff? Will they help you find deer, or is that something you do to help so, them be a better shed dog? It depends because a lot of deadheads, deer that you find, still have a spine, carcass, and stuff attached to it. Now, mm-hmm. I some dogs will pick them up and try to drag them to me. Some dogs don't want nothing to do with it because sometimes they just stink and they're nasty. And so they just, they'll go to the scent. You'll watch them smell a dead animal. They go over there, check it out. And you're like, oh, you found a, found a dead deer. Good job. I mean, I don't hone in on that. I don't practice finding skulls and, and you know, dead heads. But it just depends on the dog. Some dogs will see the antler yeah. and recognize it and try to get it to me. And some dogs don't want nothing to do with it. Yep. Yeah, I meant more like a tracking dog. Like if you got shot oh, one yeah. and couldn't yeah. find yeah. it, will yeah. they, will they yeah. help you? I, yeah, you do I train, train for that. Yeah. I do some tracking training. I mean, I, I'm known for my shed dog stuff, uh, but 
it's more like fill work for me. I can't stay busy, I guess, year round with a, with training shed dogs. So I do a lot of obedience training for your everyday pet owners. I do some deer yeah, recovery yeah. in the fall. I'll get, you know, a few tracking dogs started and uh, get them on some deer. And, uh, and then I do your basic gun dog stuff too. So I yeah. try not to get too wrapped up in that stuff because that's just, I don't want to be known for it, but I do. I do it for fill work. Yeah. You don't want your phone call phone ringing at midnight every yeah. night through November. Yes. It already rings. <laughs> the word gets out after you go track and a few deer for people. Yep. And that's, yeah. That's yeah. the most true thing. I uh, have friends at home that did that. They, they trained these blood dogs or deer tracking dogs and they're like, and they love it, but that's what they said. They're like, Man, throw deer hunting out the window for about yeah. three weeks. You know, I, it's just yeah. every day it's a phone call, yeah. phone call, phone call. And I like to hunt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Tyler, if if you ever get mad at Luke, you're going to go into like a bathroom stall and say, "Need help finding your deer? Call." Yeah. I'm just, <laughs> I, I, number. I got decals already made. <laughs> <laughs> I just put flyers up at the gas yeah, station. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, that'd be awesome. Well, fellas, um, bef- before we go, uh, Luke, tell us more about your kennel, where they can find you and all that stuff. So you can find me on, I'm on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. You know, I'm on YouTube. I have lots of training videos on YouTube, but you search Richland Creek Antler Dogs. I'm located in central Missouri. Uh, pretty well smack dab in the center of the state. Uh, Fortuna is my address. Um, there's several other dog trainers out there that do this. Um, and I can recommend, uh, you know, I, cause I get, I get people from around, all around the country contacting me and I know some really good trainers mm-hmm. that might be closer to them. So they're not driving all the way to me at the same time. So I try to help fellow trainers out too, but yeah. Of course, I will stand behind my own work. I, 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 yeah, I can, I can hook you up. So, yep, cool. Tyler, how about you, man? In case we lost that first segment, plug your welding company. L and R Industries, located in Kabul, Missouri, and uh, we have several yeah. different divisions. I work at a the tubing division, which is located in Mountain Grove, the next town over. Uh, yeah. 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 Look us up. Yeah. We have a website. They, they've really updated everything here actually in the last few months and done some stuff and, uh, yeah, pretty cool stuff. Yeah. Cool, man. Well, guys, I appreciate you coming on and talking about shed dogs and I wish uh, we're, we're about there. I guess what we're in January now we're, oh, yeah. uh, we're coming up on it. It's, it's happening. I've already picked up eight and I'm not even like just really. Cameras. Yeah. <laughs> it's like eight wow. so far. So yeah, I'm not, I'm not complaining, but I'm also like, it, it's not a good thing. Cause once I find one, I'm like, it's time. <laughs> and you want yeah. to take off and it, it's not, but yeah, but no, yeah. we appreciate cool. you like reaching out and stuff. This is fun. This yeah. is, this is something. Yeah. This so, is all we talk yeah. about. Yeah, day, so day in and day out. <laughs> <laughs> we just we got somebody else yeah. suckered into our conversations. <laughs> <laughs>